everybody, this is Eric. And I'm Daryl. Welcome to the Throne Wrenches Podcast. The auto podcast that does not rely on Hans Zimmer to cue your emotions. <laughs> on this episode of Throne Wrenches, Ford is in the software subscription game, Polestar goes Chinese, and new car customers hate their door handles. All that and more in this episode of Throne Wrenches. Hey everybody, thanks for listening and to join in the fun of the show, as I always say, uh, send us an email, info at throwingwrenches.com. I uh, got a lot of nice comments over the last uh, last episode and uh, thanks a lot for listening. Also, you can always post a review on iTunes to be heard all around the world, Daryl. Yeah. All yeah. around the world. If there was a review to read, <laughs> I'd read it and people around the world would hear it. Yeah, but when was the last review? I think it was January. Oh man. So it's been a little while. I mean, you know, granted, some stuff's happened, but also we've been churning out some content here and there. Here and there. And, uh, you know, if you've got something to share, that'd be great. If not, info at com. Let us know what we should be talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know, and remember, if you have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, oh. well, he's got a three-car detached garage, and he's not afraid to share the wealth. If you've got an Essex Super 6, or any other classic car for that matter... He'll get it ready and prepped for show and sale. He's your guy. He's Daryl Scott. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh. Thank you. There we, there we go. There you go. Applause, applause. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, for those who don't know my co-host, well, his collection of vintage Toyotas, it grew in recent years. And his latest acquisition, sitting in front of us right now, from the 1990s, it's now roadworthy and it looks really good, got to admit. Will he now have to get a set of Reebok pumps and Ocean Pacific shorts to match the 90s vibe? Those are Bugle Boy jeans he's wearing. That's Mr. Eric Stahl. Uh Oh. Hold on. You don't know the the number. No. Hang on. There you go. Oh, beautiful. Yes, very nice. Thank you very much for that. Yes. Uh, uh, Well, yes, those are Bugle Boy jeans. Do you remember that? That was such an iconic (laughs) campaign. It was. Yeah, I I don't feel like it would be as iconic if I were to watch that commercial nowadays. Probably uh, not. Do do they even exist anymore? Uh, I'll bet at Sam's Club you get some Bugle Boys. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, they sold. uh, Ocean Pacific was bought by Walmart. Bugle Boy is probably also bought by Walmart, right? Probably. But they're at Sam's Club, so it's a little different. Yeah, you have to have a membership. Upper echelon. (laughs) Next time I go get my dollar fifty hot dog, I'll go get uh, some Bugle Boy. Anyway, uh, we got more to talk about on that Celica, by the way, when we get into the uh, the uh, news and the uh, project section of the show. But wait. let's talk about Fort's Toyota Pekin, Daryl Scott. Yeah, we should. We yeah. should. Fort's Toyota Pekin. Well, they've been our longest running sponsor on the show ever since 1975. When we started this guy. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, did that long? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a couple of years. Anyway, Forts has been there since the get-go. Forts Toyota, though, I don't know if you know this, Daryl, started in 1953. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they're celebrating 70 years in the automotive business in Pekin, Illinois. i got to be honest with you. 
You know, I work at Ford's Toyota. I've been there since 1996. But 1953, that just seems crazy to me. You know, when, you, when you think about all the car, all the auto dealers in Peoria and Pekin, and this, and this is not solicited by Ford's, by the way, uh, Denison, Feldy, uh, all these old names, Feldy's gone. Denison came long after Ford's. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about all the Peoria dealers. Right, right. When you talk about single-family point you know, stores, Ford's really, really is one of the, the long-standing ones around here. So that's pretty amazing. The Ford family uh, is synonymous in being involved in Pekin, and they had some great staff. They, again, all right, so unsolicited here. Ford sells new and used Toyotas. You can check them out at toyota-pekin.com. Uh, their new inventory is updated daily, but I will tell you this: in the showroom floor, they actually have a list of all the new cars coming in. And if you want to know what you know vehicles are coming, you can always reach out to a salesperson. But I will tell you, the cars are coming in, and they are getting sold as soon as they come off the truck. So if there's something you're looking for, make sure you reach out to one of your favorite salespeople out there. Again, Toyota-Pekin.com. And again, seventy years, seventy years, seven decades. That's you- a, that's a testament. It is a testament. Also, check out the 2024 Land Cruiser and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Info at thrownwrenches.com. A lot of chatter about that, not only in the Toyota community, but also just in general. There's a lot of people talking about it. They've seen the spy shots. They've seen the, the press releases. They've seen all the, uh, you know, the, the, the marketing behind it. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Have you had some people popping in? Being oh, like, yeah. Hey, Actually, Jake, Jake Irish has already said he wants to be the first guy in line for that thing. For so. real? Uh, yeah. You know... We could talk about this later in the show. We actually have some uh, some of our show notes here about the new Land Cruiser coming out, and uh, think about the found market that could be coming from that car. From the Land Cruiser being a ninety eight thousand dollar car last year, mm-hmm. to suddenly being a fifty five thousand dollar car that's totally capable to be off road and utilitarian in some ways. So it's going to be fun. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. All right, so Patreon, Daryl, do you know what Patreon is? Um, is it a, another planet in another solar system? No, it's kind of a handout thing for us. Oh, okay. uh, no, uh, Patreon subscribers actually are the backbone of this of this show. It was for the Patreon members. We couldn't do things like keep the website going, uh, keep paying Apple iTunes, you know, just to host our host our little show and make sure the wives aren't on our back, right? That Patreon, that Patreon, yeah. yeah. I got so you. So Patreon members get an awesome, cool show, a pre-show this time. I think it was a little too much talk about Paul Rubens, but then we went. In, I, I, we got all the way to the greatest show, or greatest story ever told. Yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about Bib- <laughs> it was a, show, a pre-show of biblical proportions. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, also if you're an Apple's uh, iTunes Plus Premium <laughs> subscriber, you get all that fresh content. So not only do you get this show, but you get an hour and twenty minutes of uh, whatever blathering we got going on. And tonight, it may sound a little different. We did the show from Daryl's garage. Right. I, not Joe's garage, not like Zappa. Or little Stevie's underground garage. You ever oh, listen to that? No, Stevie I don't know that one. So, okay. <laughs> uh, if we do sound a little different, that's why. But uh, the Patreon members got a bonus garage show along with this regular garage show. So thanks a lot for Patreon subscribers. We really do appreciate all your support. And iTunes Premium subscribers as well. Thank you. Definitely. All right. So um, we don't have anything in this week in social media, although there's always something in social media. Anything just anecdotally? jump out at you this week no I, I i'll be honest with you i got high speed internet at my house it's not the highest of high speed hold on is there some sort of applause we can oh i got turned up the vo- i got trump volume okay so yeah. i got a little fade like beautiful that. yeah let's hear it for high speed internet at the stall family household it's long time coming what was your secret 
It's not Starlink. No, it's a line of sight, and I actually have it bouncing off one neighbor's house onto another neighbor's house. I have like the Bermuda Triangle of uh, radiation, you know, laser beams going around my yard. Are there mirrors involved? Yeah, uh, there, there are dishes, multiple dishes, and blue lights and, and things blinking. Yeah. So what's your what's your upload and download speed? It's like twenty five down, eight up, or something like that. That's way better than you probably ever. Oh had yeah. Out there. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, it's it's consistent because when you had the the. The MiFi or the, the hotspots through the cellular companies, uh-huh. they would fluctuate so wildly. You know, sometimes you'd have one bar, sometimes you have four. So weird. Yeah. In Verizon, they could give you four bars, but that doesn't mean you were going to get any more than like four down or something like that. They it's, throttle you? Yeah. Well, it's just so many people on there. You know, so many kids checking their TikTok. But what I was getting to yes. is my social media uh, broadcasting as far as TikTok and Reels. And all that stuff. I don't know if you've noticed, there's an exponential change in the amount of content I've produced because now I can actually upload stuff at my house. I have definitely noticed that you are more active on the different social platforms you inhabit. And the quality of content, frankly, it's uh, it's impressive. It's, impro- it's improving. Yeah. 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 As, I, as I play with these platforms. Yeah. Good for you. So. Welcome to 2008. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. It's, it's really true. It's, it's true. 2004. But also... Are you in a spot, though, where you can appreciate just, it seems like things have changed, right? Now we've got threads. Twitter's rebranded. There's all kinds of things that are just changing. What platform are you spending the most time on? So I had this conversation, actually, the night uh, on the tailgate, talking to Mike Fort. And uh, Pat Fort's nieces or nephews are making fun of the fact that we do a lot of reels and a lot of Instagram stories and stuff like that. They're like, that's so boomer. That's so... You know, so Gen X or whatever, something like that. But, you know, I looked at Pat and I'm like, you know, who's buying Toyotas? It's not it's not kids in their 20s. Right. We are selling some Corollas here and there. The new sure. Corolla, the GR, you know, it's a hot car. And the, Corolla, the little Corolla hatchbacks, those are, and I've seen probably more younger people buying cars like that than probably ever in the history of the dealership. Because usually a Corolla is like an old lady car or something like that, right? Sure, yeah. It's but realistically... One, yeah. Our focus needs to be on Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, and uh, stories and stuff like that. And it may seem not cool to the kids. But, but that's also where you get probably the most engagement. Yeah. People yeah. like video. People like short. Yep. They're not going to watch a 30-minute, here's every feature of the new Camry. I started turning on the, uh, the, the captions, too. Does that help? You know how many people sit and watch videos like in their bed, but they don't listen with volume? Like early morning risers? Yeah, or nighttime people with yeah. their wife next to them in bed or something like that. Who might get yelled at by their wife? Turn that off yeah. and turn your screen off. I love you, Sarah. Yeah. Um, but I might get yelled at quite a bit, and the captions are good for that. They are. Thing. So they aren't perfect. I, I watch them like, well, if you're watching this, you're probably getting the gist of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not quite perfect. But you know what? The tools are pretty amazing for what they can do right now. Think about that, transcribing your, your audible text, whatever... You know, accent you might have or how you speak. Sure. Somehow this this AI or whatever is like deducing and, and translating that into speech, and then it's also taking the emphasis words and making them bigger sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I do like. For the most part, they're pretty good. Whatever that automatic captioning on YouTube, and they're they're pretty close. Yeah. But then there's other times where <laughs> there's been ones that I put in, and I don't put subtitles on by default, but I'll put something in. And I'll have some music or something in the background. 
and all of a sudden it'll put things in parentheses. It'll try to identify the background noise. Have oh, you seen that's that? funny. A bird's chirping. Yeah, and it'll yeah. just say it'll just say like like <laughs> like animal noises, or it'll say like the the one it does a lot. If it's music, I can't understand. It just goes foreign. <laughs> it goes parentheses. It goes foreign, <laughs> and I'm like. I'm not speaking another language. It's like Bruce Springsteen playing on the speakers. Yeah. And then, of course, YouTube like mutes the whole thing because it's like unauthorized use of it. I'm like, it's... So whenever <laughs> I do anything in the garage or anything, I, I kind of stop with the YouTube mm-hmm. because it picks up anything in the background. That's funny. And I just, I'm like, forget it. So I got these lapel mics. And so t- this morning I did a video at the dealership and I wore the lapel mic while I was near traffic. Because a lot of times you try and use your phone when you're doing the videos and stuff like that. Sure. Just, the, the microphone doesn't identify well, so... Lapel mic does a good job for that stuff, so maybe that would help also. See if we get so much ambient noise, like old car <laughs> clank noise right. in the background, right? right? Tool dropping noise. I love, I love all that. And, and I don't know, TikTok. You're 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 on the TikTok. Uh, you know, here's this is. But this you're is, all about the reels. This is my life story, man. Yeah. I don't like to consume a lot of stuff, and it's just. Even with whether it's podcasts, whatever, I don't like to listen to a lot of other people's stuff mm-hmm. because then I, I find myself imitating. So I would rather just do it myself, get it out there, and Here then I just walk, and I walk away. Yeah, you know, because I, I, I think Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all believe that I like cliff diving, parachute <laughs> disasters, and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and I definitely like surfboards that have like the little hydrofoil in them. That's all they said. That's all I ever watch. You get served up some weird stuff, my friend. <laughs> I just get food videos and like police dash cam footage. I don't know what that's about, but I don't know. It's fun to see what the platforms extrapolate. Yeah, I think I know what this person wants. I get a lot of cliff diving. It's cliff diving all, all the time. I don't know. I have no idea. Remotely interested in cliff diving at all? No, not really. Outdoorsy? No. I, I can't even figure, I mean, I maybe I liked one once or twice because it was pretty cool. Yeah. But now it's like, that's all it gets, cliff diving. And then, I mean, the parachute stuff. Is that like, like the dudes in the squirrel suits that fly off a cliff? Is I, that I don't get is? those. I literally, the parachute ones are literally people with tangled tangled parachutes and stuff like that. And like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watch like parachutefails.com or yeah, something. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so that... Yeah. I, Midaircollisions.net. Yeah, consuming that stuff is... And actually, yeah, I did watch an airplane crash into the sea today, so I don't know. Anyway. Hey, well, listen. Just clear your search history and start over. Yeah. That's my recommendation for that. Let's move on to the first section of the show. It's called Projects, and it's called Projects for a reason, because when Daryl and I talk about all the cool stuff going on in our garage, and there's been quite a bit, I think, because it's been a month since we did this show, uh, I sold the 98 Forerunner, Daryl. <sighs> Did you, Did you pour a little beer out for your homies? I should have. I think Aiden... Uh, Hold on, because pro- technically it was your son's, right? Well, is or, any car really... Does it really belong to your child if your name's on the title? Not not legally, but no. no. Okay. Yeah. But that's when he... What? Uh, last year of high school, senior year, that was like his vehicle? Well, he was 15. He got that car when he was 15. Permit. I got it when he was permit. Oh, started, okay, okay. Started kind of modifying it, painting it, doing all that stuff. Then we turned 16, he had it. It was a high school, really. Yeah, and uh, we got... Some steel wheels and some big uh, KO2 tires from Stork I bought because Stork wanted to get rid of his steelies. And, I mean, it looked we, good. We dressed it up. Then we put some, actually, Stork's old takeoff springs from the back we put on the back because they all fit on these old. A 98 Forerunner can take springs from a 2014 FJ Cruiser. 
That's the beauty of Toyota and a lot of their trucks, right? Yeah. Parts bin, you can just swap whatever you got hand, yeah. hand it'll fit. Yeah, so it was always a cool-looking truck. and uh, But the last two years, it's kind of sat. It sat at the dealership. It sat at our house. And uh, I got him a RAV4 to take to college. He's going to Wisconsin. He's, you know, three hours away. So we we got it sold. I basically sold it for more money than I paid for it back when I originally bought it for him. Not to mention the stuff I had to repair in the meantime, but... But realistically, if you can buy a car, drive it for four years, and and you still walk away with, with more money than you paid for it, without going, you know, I didn't, I didn't yeah. resto mod, I didn't paint it, and you know, you didn't do chop the top. And no, <laughs> just basically did did maintenance stuff to it over the last couple of years. Sure. So I think we did all right, uh, but I videoed the day the kid drove off with it, and I panned right to my son's face as the guy drove away. Mm-hmm. I feel like my. Had been cut off. And I'm like, <laughs> it was this. It wasn't a good feeling. No, I get it. I understand. When I had to get rid of my '78 Valari because mm-hmm. we moved to Florida and I did, I, we weren't taking a car because Florida had an impact fee. I remember give, selling that car to like it was like this German guy who was going to like drive across the country or something like it was the weirdest thing in Fairbury. Anyway, I want to know how you got hooked up with that guy. But yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. talk later about. Anyway, that. Uh, I remember. Being very traumatized, I remember taking pictures with the car. I remember my best friend from high school; he took a picture with me in the car. Yeah, it was just that car was special, and I imagine Ain had a lot of special moments in that car too. So, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. A, a phrase we mocked fifty episodes ago, but uh, now we use probably more than we ever have. We do. I, I do understand, but it's gone. So it was a rite of passage. He's moved on, and he's still in the Toyota family. He's got a really nice Rav Four. Yeah, which. I got him a bike rack today for it, so he can put that on the roof. Uh, I offered to actually give him a new spare tire cover. I thought maybe we'd dress that up. Yeah, he's just—he's all about the ladies. He's like, Dad, how much does this look cool to girls? I'm like, You're a sophomore in college. First, I don't know any sophomores who ever look cool. Let alone like a sophomore in college with a car. You're already bumped up the yeah. list. I just talked to a friend of mine. She's sending her kid to Wisconsin without a car. Like that, you can do that. A lot of people do. That's, that's here's the embarrassing part. One of the reasons I chose Western and my folks did like, hey, you, you can keep a car here. It's fifty bucks for a parking mm. permit all year. Mm-hmm. Sold. There were so many schools. On Q lot on Q lot. Or <laughs> actually, I had a, C, a Q and a C. Uh, uh. I had a C lot right outside my dorm. Yeah. Um, but that's the fun part is that there's so many other colleges in this country that you just. We don't have room. You can only be an upperclassman if you have a car. Where, where he goes to school, space is a premium. You know, right in Lake Michigan. So he's, oh, in, yeah, yeah. he's in the crappiest lot, and he pays two fifty a year for the crappiest lot. But he can drive wherever, whenever. Yeah, right? he, has, he has to take like a public transportation. They have like a constant bus going around to the parking lots. I think Edwardsville is like that, too, where you, you get a shuttle. He has to hop the shuttle to get there. Okay. Uh, but he's, he's totally cool with it, and he goes to work with it. And, uh, whatever. So. Hey, I got an idea. Bike rack, he could just take the bike to his <laughs> apartment, and that's they do the not bike. allow bikes inside the dorm. But you're right, dude. There's too many rules. Yeah, he needs to get out of that school. <laughs> he needs he needs to go to Western. <laughs> no, okay, so many rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bottom line, he's got a cool ride. Yeah. It's reliable. It's probably a little better on gas. It sucked to get that thing sold, but at the end of the day, yeah. he's not like walking everywhere. No. He's no. he's okay. No, it's okay. And actually, I put brand new struts on his Rav because. So Angela said to me, she goes, hey, "There's something wrong with Aiden's Rav." And I'm like, "Oh, it's got a little suspension." Noise. She goes, 
are you sure that's all it is? I'm like, yeah. I drove it one day. I'm like, oh my god, this it's, is like it's bad. Oh, it's like insanity. It's like it's like you might as well have like sticks holding the suspension together or something. You know, it was just just banging all over the place. So I drove into work and I got two new loaded struts from Napa and some new sway bar links and the the car drives like a million bucks now. So he hasn't thanked me though. He's been driving for a couple of weeks and you think he'd like say thanks, Dad? No, never got that. Do so. you want <laughs> do you want your son's? No, appreciation well, and the I mean, it's probably not going to happen $700 you know for two loaded struts so yeah, it's a fair amount yeah fair amount. I would notice that too especially <laughs> if the ride quality improves yes, absolutely drastically it drives like a new car um, we, we leased out the camper on for the Fairbury races I dro- I have a camper it's a 2021 River- Riverside Retro and we got it Two years ago, because we kind of had this intention of doing some camping with it, but things didn't work out last year. But we still put it on outdoorsy, because some friends of ours are doing outdoorsy. We thought, oh, we'll do this. It'll be a little side hustle. Right. And uh, it, for the most part, it's worked out okay. But this year, I, I didn't have the time, didn't want to screw with it, so I kept the price intentionally a little bit high, thinking if somebody wants it, I'm going to make them you know, pay for it. Sure. But one of the caveats in the contract that I didn't realize I'd ticked was... I would do deliveries, which I think when I initially set up, I thought that'd be okay. But when you put in a 100-mile square radius, mm. 100 miles as a crow flies on outdoorsy, it will take you all the way to Fairbury. And to me, I if I would have known 100 miles was all the way to Fairbury, which I know very well growing up in Fairbury. Yeah, it's your, it's your old it's stomping ground. Yeah, that's a long drive. i got to go all the way up to 24 and then take 24 for 40 miles across. Is that for free? No, they pay a hundred dollars for that. What's okay? Maybe it was a hundred. I think hundred. Maybe it's a hundred mile radius. Maybe I, anyway, the hundred number. I think it's a hundred dollars setup. Maybe it's sixty mile. I don't. Whatever it is, it's not worth it. So when do you get a hitch on the Prius? Yeah, right. That's what I want to know. Well, I did. The, I had to go. To, I had to go to Fairbury anyway. My grandmother, she passed, cleaning out her house. I'm like, hey, it's a win win. We'd be in Fairbury anyway. So I get there and I drop it off, and it's not a campground. It's stock car races that weekend, which I guess Fairbury is like renowned, famous here in in, in yes. the Midwest. Yeah, they have a couple big races there, and they're big paydays. And that's what these guys who are racing these these modified stock cars they want paydays. It's a bit, pretty good sized purse. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's a pretty decent. It's like stock car, um, a dirt a dirt track, right? Yes, it's dirt track. Okay, yep. so old school Midwest dirt track where people kind of get their start. Yeah, and the purse is usually pretty good. So it's a big race weekend. This dude just rented a camper. Yeah. So every every everybody with like an acre, like opens it up and paints some grids in their property and says, "All right, you can camp your camper here." Well, our little our little princess camper here is not a boondocking camper. Mm. You know, when I asked the guy, I'm like, "Is this got facilities? You hook it up to water? Do you have electricity? Are you taking showers in it? You using it for bathroom?" Yeah. The more we got into it, the more I realized it's just two guys probably going to drink all weekend, be covered in dust, because you can't go to the stock car races. <laughs> I know, because I used to go there on Saturday nights. And right. I, and I t- you know, there was one girl I was trying to, really trying hard to impress her. I was wearing my Bugle Boy white shirt with the little red tag on it, and I swear to God, by the time that night was over, my shirt was brown and my teeth had dirt in them. I remember tasting the, the, yeah. the Fairbury dirt. Anyway, these two sweaty guys... 
probably climb back into my cute little camper. Like pig pen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just make a mess? Yeah. And so there's a bathroom facility where they where they parked it, where I parked it because I had to deliver it. And there was a bathhouse, mm. and it just, he was using a generator to power the thing. It was not ideal. Did you shut it down? No, I, I mean, I still let him rent it. I mean, I got 400 bucks. So up four bucks, four hundred bucks, right? Yeah, it's something. I mean, it's two two months of payments on the on the RV. Yeah, so yeah, that's not bad. <sighs> anyway. But you're but like probably on your way back, you're like, was this worth this? it? Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. I have a wife who's not afraid to get in a bucket and some bleach and go into town and everything. And she does that. She doesn't mind. Okay, that's her thing. So I'll do the I'll do other stuff. I'll prep. I'll I'll do the axle seals. I'll dewinterize it. I'll change the water out. I'll drain out. They didn't they didn't poop in it. Thank God. They said they weren't gonna and they didn't. Wait, that's is is that a condition? That's of a rental? fee. That's a fee. If you poop in it, oh yeah, you're you're paying, man. They lit. So if you you do number one, we're cool. Yeah. If you do number two, that's another fee. Yes. Yeah. Because you got to do a lot more cleaning of the of the tank and everything like that. You got to run a lot more. Water, you just got to be more thorough. I feel like the terms of that contract Come might on, change Darryl. on, you know, depending on if you're, never mind. Anyways. Yeah. I have so many questions. Yeah, about well, this. anyway, so <laughs> I just, uh, when it was all said and done, got the 400 bucks, and I, and I have a new perspective. So what I do, I hike up the price even more on the rental. So wow. Now it's, even, it's like 160 a night, you know, if you want it. If you want it, God bless you. Yeah, I'm getting all the money for it. So, yeah. uh, okay. and and if you don't want it, I don't care. It's one of those deals where it's like, don't. I've had people like text me like, "Hey, I'm really interested. Would you guys would you wiggle on the price? Would you go down on your minimum days?" I'm like, no, that's it. It's not worth my time. Right. You know, right. I, I'm I'm glad I listed it for you so you can see it. But if it doesn't work. And you can see all of my caveats are in there. Mm-hmm. My, you know what you're getting into. All my terms are there. If you don't like my terms, then you know, have a nice day. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's cool. And you've rented that out a fair amount. And Last year, I had many successful rentals. Sure. Went up to Oshkosh for the air, air weekend or week and all that stuff. Uh, I expected nothing more than just more great times this year. But no. <laughs> okay. But you might be going to the hill climb. That's, you know, that's the thing. So. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Well... Well, to be to be continued. That'll yeah. be a fun excursion in October. And then, uh, last but not least, certainly not least, uh, I don't know that I've ever talked about this auction car I bought. So we made a, a, a big joke because I bought this a 1996 Celica convertible at a estate sale last April, and I think Daryl's bought no, sorry, Gabe's bought cars from the same auction company. Yeah. Like a couple months later. Yeah, a couple months later. Uh-huh. So now you're the only person that's bought anything from Julie, right? I haven't. All right. Yeah. So, and Julie's kind of becoming. I mean, she's fun. She's kind of quirky. She kind of like pushes these little sales and stuff like that. But it's estate sales. I remember. I think we did talk about the fact that I stood there and I had to bid on it amongst these other guys. Mm-hmm. And at the time I got the car, I just I shoved it in the fort storage shed because we had other stuff going on, and it really became a depressing. Like it was like a symbol of stagnation in my life, where it's like that car's just going to sit there, and it, it represents like time locked still. And it was kind of I, I I was content if that car sat there and collected dust for the next five years because honestly, I, I forgot it only has fifty six thousand miles. It was a one owner. It was pretty clean, but I remember it needed a few things. But if that car sat at Fort for another ten years and never moved. 
I'm not out anything on that car. So I, I never had the concern like it was pressing, like, oh, you got to get this done, you got to get this done. I'll just let it sit there. Well, Angela said, no. What happened to that car that we bought last year for $7,000? And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as, as things worked out, I got it. I got it pulled out. I had one of my younger guys who's my ICC tech. I said, hey, let's bring it in. Let's let's look at the tires. Let's look at the brakes. Let's, let's change the thermostat out. Let's do a coolant flush. And while we were at it, uh, Cody, the parts manager, said, hey, we had talked about this before. It wasn't just on this last week. But um, t- when Toyota had Scion, there was a Scion hip and cool accessories display on the showroom floor. So when you buy a Scion, you'd pay the one price because that's what Scion did. And then, oh, by the way, Mr. Customer, let me walk you over to the accessory wall. We'll pick out the wheels. We'll pick out the other accessories. Sure. Oh, you want some interior lights down by your floor pedals? Yeah, Scion has those. But one of the things they had, well, they had radios, too. They had this whole stack because they were hip and cool, right? Uh, I remember. Yeah. I remember. But they had Supercharger. Like, you could put a supercharger on your TC and yeah. all the other cool things you could throw on that there. Was, uh, it was all awesome. But the, uh, the rims, we had a rim display. This is always stupid. Because you have three single rims on this awesome rack, and there was a black one, a chrome one, and then I don't know what the other one, it wasn't steely, but it was something. And these are all universal swap. I think all those Scion models basically shared. The XB, the TC, all these, they they swapped those rims back and forth, so you could sell. But one of the rims was a five-spoke black rim, and Cody had pulled it out a couple months ago and said, hey, check this out. I got this upstairs. This might fit your... Your Celica. I'm like, well, Celica's in the other building. Maybe someday I'll get over and take a look. But I honestly didn't think the TC spindle was the same as the Celica. I just, I, I was sure they weren't the same, but. Are they four lug? No, it's five. Five, okay. Yeah, the smaller cars are four lugs, like the MR2s and that old Corolla and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when we got it in the shop and we're doing the thermostat, I we took that rim out of parts, took one of the steel. This car is a, is a 1996. 25th anniversary edition convertible. I mean, I always thought those cars were dressed in nine. It's got leather. It's yeah. Got, it's got CD player, which I'm sure was a big ad. But it had steel wheels. I just don't... And with hubcaps, I don't understand that combination. So anyway, I'm like, I, I'm not a fan. We took the tire off, and we and we married that rim onto the hub, and by God, it fit. It's big. It's an 18-inch rim. And what did it come with? Like 14s or 15s? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, so it looks like... Looks like giant, giant donut tires. But it but, fits the it fills the wheel wells out real nice. Yeah, with a low pro tire, I got some General Ultimax that were a hundred ten dollars a tire. That seems cheap. Yeah, it was. That seems really cheap. And the Did rims, the tire were, rack or something or what? No, yeah, yeah, I think so. Discount tire. And uh, I found some cheaper ones than that. Actually, it's so weird on these smaller tires. You, you could get you can get some good deals. It rides like like a dream. But anyway. Uh, we found three more matching rims for, from the Scion factory parts in Phoenix at a parts depot for Toyota. Cody ordered them. They got rejected twice, but then he called Chicago, and they, they clicked it through, and they showed up like two or three days later. Awesome. And then we put the Ultimax tires on it, and i got to say, I, I'm starting to fall in love with this car. I mean, I hate the thought of my wife using it as a, a back-and-forth-to-work car, but... Uh, is that what she's th- like? Summer driver, summer. Yeah, that's yeah. what she's always done with convertibles. So God bless her. Ever since we got married, you know, she's always had a convertible to drive to and from work. Nice. And, and and she's like Aiden. This morning when she drove to work, it's seven thirty in the morning. It's uh-huh. sixty five degrees or whatever. 
She'll put a scarf around her head, put her sunglasses on, top down. Good drive, for and drive, her. And drive 35 miles to Lincoln on the highway. Good for Mrs. Stahl. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Because here's the thing. In the Midwest, yeah. we get like three months. That's our window <laughs> for convertible season. It's just like motorcycles, right? Yeah. If you're hardcore, sure, you can ride in March. You know, And if you're driving a convertible in October, yeah, sure, you can maybe crank the heat and cross your fingers and make it work. But really, we get three months to enjoy the sun. And she's giving it heck, and I think that's awesome. Are you concerned that uh, she's going to rack the miles up, or what? Uh, I mean, the car's in beautiful shape, black on tan with a tan cloth top. Car, it looks yeah. beautiful. You've done a great job with preserving the finish and everything. Are you worried it's going to get like rock chips and all that? Is it too uh, nice? You know, that was the thing when we bought the. Only, so we have two of these cars. I have a 1997. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always loved the 97, but my, I let the kids drive it through high school and. Uh, you know, when Aid was homecoming king, I set a little platform in there so he could sit in the back, and nice. you know, and and I swear to God, he does the Dukes of Hazard jump into it all the time when he has his buddies. I was like, so you know, three or four dudes hopping in the car, so I see where the foot drag drags have been on the sidewalls of the car and yeah, stuff, yeah, door panels. Yeah, things. so that car, I can see. I think we bought it with low miles too, and it became the point where it's like, well, whatever, it's whatever happens, happens. It's a car. I, ultimately, a car. I I don't have museum pieces in my house. I have a gravel driveway. We live out in the country. So sure. if this car ultimately will get driven. I'm going to enjoy it this summer. I'm going to try and get the Friday night lights tomorrow. Get it all cleaned oh, up. Oh, cool. Are you going to go? No, I'm helping some friends with ah. some stuff. But I know, I know. But the usual suspects will be there. So. All right. Well, well, maybe I'll, I'll meet. Yeah, we'll see. Right. I want to go because this is my one opportunity where the car is clean and fresh and looks good. Yeah. And uh, I took it to the foam bath. I did the foam thing for the first time in my life. It's on my TikTok at Planet Stall. Uh, <laughs> you can check out the tricolor foam bath. That's cool. It is fun. I don't. Is the soap do anything, or is it just? I don't know. It looked cool. It looks good. It spits out of the gun. It sounds like a popcorn popper. Right. It's spitting out of there. It's all neon, like a, like bright yellow yeah. and blue. And that's like a new thing. I remember, yeah. Do you remember like the old days, the pay and spray washes, where it was just like you had your choice of like wash. Rinse and wax, and like the I wax remember this, and so didn't it, do anything. As I'm looking at the knob, there's like 20 features now in the knob, <laughs> right? And there's like four different nozzles. Like I got the air blower over here, I got the soap dispenser on the other side, and there's so much stuff going on. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I, I give credit to the guy who runs that car wash because he invested in it. He obviously had to say, I could just sit here and have the same old farm wash thing like we've had when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. Or I could upgrade to all this extra stuff, which I guarantee there's now probably like 20, 20 soap dispensers in the back. Yeah, there's all this stuff. 20 55-gallon <laughs> drums of different products. Yeah. But they actually stock it. Um, yeah. Where, where was the one you used? Uh, just literally a quarter mile up the street from the dealership, right next to Taco John's. Oh, okay. I know where that is. I spent, yeah, ten, yeah. I spent 10 bucks. That car had 18 months of grime on it from sitting in the shop. Looked dreadful. And I did. I I didn't wax it, but I did everything. I did the pre-soak, which I'm not sure about that. Made it all pink. And then I did. The, then I did the wash. Then I did the soap foam bath. Yeah. And then extra wash and cleaning. And then I did the air blow dry thing. It looked really good. It still does. It's when you roll up here. It was still daylight. By the way, it's it's super late now because we've just been hanging super out. late. But it's got a nice shine to it. The clear coat on the car is great, and on a black car. You can tell when stuff's either been garaged or not garaged its whole life. That car was probably looked after pretty well. Yeah. 
So you get yourself a gem there. I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope that uh, the long-suffering Mrs. Stahl enjoys to and from work for many, many years to come. And, you know, take good care of it. Keep a good coat of wax on it. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Well, you, you, I'll defer to your judgment on the paint. At some point, a clay bar may get involved, so I may, I may <laughs> come up here to. Uh, well, as I said here, you got a three car garage. You're willing to share and help bring it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got clay bar for days. And All right. So I just, I just stole like ten minutes of, of time here. So you go nuts, bud. What's been going no, on? No, no, not no. Uh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, I'll put some, I'll put some pictures of the car with the the post for this episode here at ThrownWrenches.com. But, uh, no, honestly, I've just been working on um, a couple other projects. We had uh, a good friend, Gabe Casey, uh, and I had had some work on some some projects lately, including a 1931 Essex Super 6, which was oh, a really neat car. Referred to in the intro of the show. Yes. Yeah, that was a nice, beautiful, kind of a Kelly green with black fenders. It looked like a Model A, but a little classier, a little nicer. And uh, that was a, a recent purchase of his, along with a 1940 Buick Special Convertible that he's... I have not yet seen this car. That car. It, it looks beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It is beautiful. It's maroon. More to come on that, because they're... they're I've never seen you speechless like that. I tell you what, that is... That's the jewel in his crown. That is the nicest car in his collection. And I, I have no shame in saying that. As a GM apologist, I find that is... Probably the nicest oh, car. Maybe Gabe needs a patch. Oh, he probably has one. Uh, I'll get him one. But uh, the the Essex came with that as part of an estate sale, and uh, the Essex with Julie, with Julie, our, our our good friend, and that found a new home rather quickly. So that is still in the area, but uh, another enthusiast purchased that because he just couldn't live without it. And we were close to getting it running, but it needed a little TLC, and uh, we just that the, I think it made my TikTok. It might have. <laughs> At Planet Stall, <laughs> check them out on the TikTok. So that was good, but um, it kind of opened up the the path and some time for for other projects that have been languishing in our collection, including the seventy Plymouth Fury Three convertible. Oh yeah, and uh, so I went through the the brake system, found after a new master cylinder that I wasn't getting juice to the to the back brakes, and figuring the back brake hose had collapsed and wasn't able to pass fluid through. I decided to do the right thing and just round off every brake fitting oh, no. on the car in, in an attempt to try to replace the hoses, rounded off every fitting. And so that just led to me going to inlinetube.com and ordering <laughs> a pre-bent, pre-flared cut everything uh, brake, brake line set for the whole car for 155 bucks. I'm like, why wouldn't I just do it? Yeah. So um, yeah, Gabe helped me take off some of the old lines. We, we cut off what we needed to, got the distribution block out, and uh, I'm going to send the booster out to get rebuilt. I've already got a new master. I'm just going to do new lines, master, booster, everything. So, uh, wheel cylinders, hardware, I've got the whole nine yards. I'm just going to go through the whole car and make sure that that's done. And then once that's done, she's good to go. Um, all the fluids have been gone through. car's ready to rock and roll. So um, I just... It's going to be one of those weird situations where it's going to be like October. I'll probably have it on the road for like two two events, yeah, yeah. and then we'll be good. But you know what? It's It's been fun, and that's been a nice new addition to the collection. I still haven't touched the 1955 Cadillac at all this season. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're talking <laughs> early about things languishing. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, as I look behind you, the 55 is behind you right now. Yeah. And I do feel bad. I feel like I've neglected it, like, uh, you know, a lot. 
but also it's not going anywhere. I mean, you've definitely got it in a better condition than it was. It's stable. It's not mothballed per se. No, no, but it's definitely <laughs> like when you when you hear like a shooting victim on the news, <laughs> they're in stable condition at a nearby hospital. That's what I feel like the yeah. fifty five is. It's it's stabilized. It's not getting any worse. And as my late friend uh, Don used to say, "Well, who cares? You can restore it ten years from now. It ain't eating any hay." He used to say that as justification for stuff that's sitting and you're not actively doing anything with it. He's like, "Well, who cares? It's not costing anything. It's not eating any hay. You know, as long as you're not making it worse through bad storage, yeah. like it's not getting rained on, or yeah. it's not in a, you know, who cares?" And like, there's part of me that subscribes to that, but also like. I, I think the biggest problem I have with that is that it's sitting right in your eye. It's it's a reminder. It's, it's in it's in your peripheral vision because it's at your house. Yeah. Every time you look out your kitchen window, you see it. Right. That would be the hardest part. Every time I open the garage, Eric, that's what I see. I see the tail fans, and I'm like, man, that thing. It's yeah. such a cool car. Yeah. Why is it not running? What you need to do strategically, mm-hmm. I would move it to the farthest part of the garage, and I put a cover over it. Then it's like a death sentence, right? Like I, it would, I would just, I would never get to it. And I, the sad thing too is I have a '76 Chevy C20 square body pickup. That's that. That's what I did with that. That's sitting in a storage unit in an undisclosed location. And I've got friends that haven't seen that, and they're like, "When, when are you getting to?" The I've never. Truck? Seen, I don't think I've ever seen it. No, the blue one. And it's a sweet truck, and there's family history there. But I. I just tarp that. I let that go. So I don't know things that keep me up at night. It's unfinished projects, and I've got my basement. I've got this. I've got. I bought that Solera in two thousand and twenty. Mm-hmm. Still haven't put brakes on it. I've got all the parts. Oh, I remember when you bought them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, I think it needs a master cylinder, and you're like, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll like bring it in. We'll look at it. I've got all the stuff. Yeah. Have I looked at it? No. So. Long story short, I need more time, or I just need to just like start making a priority to fix things. I, you, uh, I mean, I, I can't give you credit because I think about people who uh, maybe have like learning conditions where they can't like focus. <laughs> yeah, I might have that. You might have it, but the, but <laughs> with old cars, right? <laughs> nah, we'll get there one of these days. One of these days, but that's what I'm working on or not working on. So. Hmm. Well, she's. Uh, She's a butte, Clark. Thanks. Yeah. She'll get there. At least she's pretty. Yeah. At least she's pretty. Well, I, I, I agree with the uh, what your friend Don said, though. I mean, you took that car, and it's just like the Plymouth. The Plymouth was in a spot where it was in bad storage, and it was only getting worse by every, every month it was in, in that storage. It was going to get worse exponentially. Because right. things like rust can start, you know, 10 years, they can just be just a speck, but then it just starts erupting, right? Sure. So I think you got that car... And, Probably just after the nick of time, but you you got it at a, a decent spot. And I think this Cadillac's kind of the same thing. Yeah, uh, it's not perfect. It definitely definitely saw some ill conditions, you know, in storage. But sure, but you you've you cleaned it. You kind of got it preserved at this point, and now you could actually hop in the thing and start like working on stuff without having to worry about getting uh, hantavirus. <laughs> hantavirus <laughs> <laughs> or. Rocky Mountain spider fever, whatever was lurking under the seats in that thing. Yeah, yeah. Now it's. It, I tell you what, it's just like boats or motorcycle, anything you have, any antique. I've even seen people 
you know, really nice family heirlooms they throw in the basement. And then, you know, like a wood chest, a cedar chest or something like that. And they'll pull it out and like, oh, it's all full of mold and I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to get rid of it. Like, it survived 70 years and then you had it in your basement three years and it's junk. Yeah, but like, I tell you I what, I'm cleaning up my grandma's house and she yeah. let animals like pee all over stuff. Mm. And so we have family heirlooms that are just like, I've done the enzyme thing on them. I've done the Zep urine stuff on them. Just ruined. It's just ruined. Yeah. It, it is what it is. And, it's and, sad. And ultimately, I'm like, is it worth? I mean, do I need to strip the wood down and soak it and all that stuff? And I'm like, it's just an old desk. Yeah. You know, it's I, I, you know, I have the family pictures. I have other stuff that mean way more than a mm-hmm. desk. You know. Do I remember my grandfather sitting there at that desk making notes? No, I don't remember any of that stuff. You know, right? It just—it's stuff they owned. Yeah, it is. And there's some sentimental value, but at the end of the day, yeah. If you needed a desk, you'd go out and buy one. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't fight. You know, every urine control solution <laughs> <laughs> and sanding layers and layers and layers <laughs> and hours of refinishing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, no, I think you. I think you're. Uh, the Plymouth, I agree with you. You'll probably end up waiting until October to, to drive it, which kind of sucks because I think it was like an extreme optimism because it, it was almost drivable when you got it down here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, the funny thing is when you look at the top side of a car and you're like, hey, I just a little clean, a little this and that. Sure. And, I, and I, you know, I did that with that, that Scion when I bought it. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's good. It, it runs, it starts, and all that stuff. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, the underneath, the non-sexy stuff that requires time, patience, maybe blocking out like a whole Saturday. That's when that's when you find out, you know, what your commitment is, right? Yeah, it's like how how serious am I about it? <laughs> and, and luckily, like I can do most of the the stuff that sucks. Yeah. I can do most of that myself. The trouble is, I'm gonna I'm, I know it sucks, and I'm gonna put it on my own schedule. Mm-hmm. There's guys I know, and women too, that are in the hobby. They're like, I'm just going to take it somewhere and write a big check and it's done. And I could do that too, but I, I'd rather not. Because the more money I spend... Like, I could take this to a shop, have them put all the brake lines in, and at the end of the day... Oh, Plymouth? Yeah. yeah. Here's 1200 bucks. Cool, great. I could take that, or I could take that 1200 bucks, put tires, put shocks, put all the other stuff that needs to get roadworthy, yeah. and then waste my own time. And that's where I'm at. But it's that weird thing. My, my my good friend Chris Anderson used to say, you get to a point in your life where what the hell is your time worth? Yeah. Would you rather be farting around in the garage or just out driving it, enjoying it with your wife? The guy's demolishing my bathroom right now. I'm like, I could have done all that. Yeah. But, but then, what, like, that's your life yeah. for two, three weeks. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Let's just be rich. All right. I hear you. All right. You ready to move on to the next section of the show, Daryl? Let's Darryl? do it. Let's How, do it. Let's do... I missed. I missed this. Your echo. I missed the button. Hang on. The news. Oh, let's Beautiful. try it again. All right. The news. Yeah, that's the new sound effects, folks. Don't get too excited. It probably won't stick around. Okay. <laughs> All right. I had no historical headline this week, but we do have some world news for you. I don't know if you know this, Daryl, but Volvo, who I used to, what, is that like a Nordic company? Yeah. Like it's Sweden. Slightly Swedish. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Volvo Cars, an EV startup, Polestar will be tapping into an old U.S. trade program to import Chinese vehicles at a lower cost, giving the Swedish brand... Oh, it's Swedish. There you go. It, just, it told me. I, I, if Did I would have read, that's just you know short attention span. It's giving the Swedish brands a competitive leg up by using the U.S. duty drawback program 
the Geely-affiliated automaker can recoup import duties and the 25% U.S. tariff assessed on the Chinese-made Volvo EX30. I think we called that the chicken tax, didn't we, back in the day? Yeah, that was yeah similar. The EX30 is a crossover, and Polestar 2 sedan also against exports of the U.S.-made Volvo EX90 and the Polestar 3 crossovers. Sources familiar with the matter told Automotive News. It's in Automotive News. We'll link to that in our uh, blog post. So there is it like you you weigh one versus the other. So if you're exporting some and then you're importing some, it balances it out. Is that the deal here? I think so. And, and the other thing too is that more and more things are being made in China. No, more and more things. And, and it used to just be smaller components, mm-hmm. right? All the electronics in a car. Oh well, maybe they're made in China, but the car's still made here or made in you know another country, whatever. Now we're at a point where a lot of vehicles are being made in China, but those tariffs still exist. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bigger when it, you know, they're not going to tax the little chips or something that they're making for your computer. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about a $60,000 vehicle, yeah, the government's going to probably leverage a little higher tariff on some of that. So this is just a way to kind of get around it. And then also, when people think of Volvo, I hate to say this, but like, the recognition of Volvo, oh, it's, it's a Swedish car. It's safe. It's well-built. Yeah. It's built to a high standard, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, they're counting on that brand equity, and then they're making the product cheaper to build. Yeah. So the profit margin's gone up a little bit because of where things are constructed. Uh, Sweden has one of the higher tax rates, I think, in all of the world. Yeah. Um, so you guarantee the folks that are making a lot of the other <laughs> products under that Volvo brand or Polestar... Um, not necessarily. If they're making outside of Sweden, they're not making that much. How do you think Swedish people feel about that, that the cars are being made in China? I mean, I, I would think they'd be even more averse to that as Americans are about cars being brought in from China. Unfortunately, GM did a huge number on Saab over the years and yeah. just put them put them under. Um, Ford bought Volvo years ago, and then, of course, that's been sold since then. So, like, the... The Swedish automotive industry is not what it used to be, and I do feel bad because they were really, really special. Um, I still feel like those Polestars are neat. I think they're very unique vehicles. I think they're probably still very well built, um, but they're also super expensive. And I, I'm curious to see how U.S. consumers adopt some of those. Locally, do you see a lot of those on the road? Do you see a lot of Volvo crossovers? And I think I saw my first Polestar. And I think I've seen one Polestar in real life on the highway, at least yeah. like within the last couple of months. Yeah, I've seen one or two here. When we were in the UK earlier this summer, there were a lot more. The yeah. smaller, I think that is the X, uh, I'm sorry, EX30. Okay. Um, that's kind of their smaller, not entry level, but the small, more yeah. affordable crossover. I, I, in my mind, it, we talk about, we, we make fun of these other Lordstown and these other makes and stuff like that. Sure. They're EV startups. Polestar had a leg up because it's 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 volvo they call it polestar but realistically you know it, it'd be like you know any other manufacturer just kind of like skirting with a different name when toyota had scion lexus or something like that right but it's not it's all toyota we know that right right so i i think in my mind that's the future of a lot of these ev cars these ev brands there might be some anomalies like rivian or tesla in the future but realistically, these one-off brands are going to have to marry with a big automaker. I agree. Yeah. So Volvo has their EV car maker, Polestar, and I thought, that's good. It's solid. And you're right. The reputation from that, that Swedish company is the equity in that company. 
Yeah. If I'm going to buy a Polestar, I'm like, oh, it's a Volvo. I mean, I, you know. I trust them. Yeah. They seem like they know what's yeah. up. And But, man, the chi- the Chinese connection just, uh, to me, that cheapens a product. And like I said, it's a European. I would think even the European customers would be more upset with this than Americans. Americans, I don't know. There's just some, we we don't research anything anymore. We don't care where it comes from. Yeah, I don't think so. We're looking at bottom line. We're looking at cost, and even like you know across the board, there's more and more companies that have you know a big footprint in China as far as the manufacturing part of it. Yeah, and as long as the consumer doesn't see that much of a difference in reliability, yeah. th- they're not going to care. Yeah. It's, I don't. I don't want to talk off. I, I, don't, I don't want to say anything that, because I'm not an expert in uh, EPA regulations and child labor laws. But there, to me, there's a lot of perceptions I have about Chinese workmanship and the way, car, the way anything is made in that country. I feel like the reason it's cheaper is because they do things that we wouldn't do here. We wouldn't allow our, our workers to do. We wouldn't allow to be in the environment and stuff like that. Sure. So it does surprise me in some ways that Americans aren't don't scrutinize that stuff more because we're so worried about that stuff here. But I agree. Out of sight, out of mind, right? I, uh, 20 years ago, maybe not as much, but I, I would think with the amount of insight we have into all aspects of that. <laughs> yeah. And the How'd they make it cheaper, Dad? Right. Well, they made it in China. Why is it cheaper in China, Dad? Because they don't care. Right. There's a whole <laughs> laundry list of reasons why. And I would have figured that that would have, consumer behavior would have changed. I yeah. would have thought. Yeah. But apparently not. And hey, if a Polestar showed up here tomorrow and it was the same price as, say, I don't know, a Chevy Volt, mm-hmm. you know, if it was 35K or something like that, I'd consider it. I the, don't know. I found out t- this week that the new, t- new, the Toyota BZ4X, which is their first true EV offering without the assistance of Tesla and stuff like that, uh-huh. uh, starting price on those is like forty-two grand. That's yeah, not close. that's not bad. Yeah. When I look at the price of like the Rivian SUV, which is a much bigger car, don't get, they're not in the same class. I mean, but but if you were to consider that the Toyota BZ is like a RX three fifty or whatever, it's like a small SUV Lexus. It's on the Venza platform. Kind of yeah. For forty-two grand, and it's two hundred fifty miles, I think, on a on a charge. So it's it's on the smaller scale as far as that goes. But mm-hmm. that's pretty cheap as far as EVs go, right off the bat. So you'd have to think that. I don't know. Where, where am I going with that conversation? No, it's it's it's. I, I think the major manufacturers the are gonna ha- have a big advantage should they choose to use it. Yeah, I agree. All right. I agree. Speaking of reliability... Oh, yeah. What do you got here? All right. So cars have more tech than ever, and drivers are increasingly frustrated with their door handles, their screens, and other features. Oh. This is according to Business Insider. The overall quality of new vehicles is deteriorating, and nagging problems are on the rise, according to a new study from J.D. Power. The auto industry research firm said more technology in cars is partially to blame. Quality declined year over year across all categories apart from driving experience. Two categories where problems increased the most were in features, controls, and displays, along with infotainment. Now, you know, you work in the industry, in the service side of the house. Infotainment is the worst. <laughs> how, how amazing is, like, someone takes their car in. Yeah. They get service, whatever. How often do you get pulled in and be like, uh, my phone won't pair with oh, yeah. the car? 
or like Every I can't find the direction, the navigation doesn't work or something like that. How much do you guys get pinged for infotainment well, problems? Well, thankfully, a lot of the, uh, I think Toyota basically removed GPS from almost everything. Okay. And the, if it's on a new car, it's Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. You sync to your device and That's go it. from there. And you know what? That's the freshest maps. It's live data. Right. It's streaming. It's telling you traffic patterns, telling you if there's you know, a cop up ahead or whatever. Uh, why wouldn't you want that as opposed to a static DVD navigation system plugged into a disk drive under your seat? Makes sense. That you have to update every five to ten years, right, for $180. No thanks. So how much, like, if you were to put a percentage on it, though, like how much of your service stuff has to deal with, like, I hate to say tech support for the technology no, that's in the car. Not as much as you might think. No. I mean, ultimately, people don't bring cars in for, for niggling. They'll, they'll talk to J.D. Powers on a survey about this stuff, but if it doesn't stop the car from running... They're not going to go out of their way exactly. to do it. Okay. Now, okay. a radio that reflashes or has to do constant updates, something like that, you know, they'll bring it in for that because it's upsetting their commute to work. Gotcha. Realistically, pairing to the phone. They'll deal with that stuff. Just like you would if you had a Bluetooth speaker at home or something like that. You're like, this stupid thing. Sometimes it works, you know. <laughs> well, last week and I had those two Bluetooths. And, uh, yeah, they were speakers. And I was yeah. trying to get them like, to sync, and the, it just wasn't working. I was yeah. ready to throw it. But but info, uh, as far as things like door handles or other features yeah. or things that were technology is now part of the equation. So on the new Tundra, it, well, on a lot of the new cars, uh, you're... Your driver profile is identified either by the cell phone that's paired to the car or the key you're using. Oh, man. So, like, a his and hers kind of thing? Yes. Or two yes. drivers in the household? Yes. You've got Or uh, the radio, whichever phone it sees first, which I don't know the logic. So, okay, so you paired your wife's phone in there first, yeah. but she's got an Android such and such. But then the husband pairs his phone in second, but he's got the newer Android. Well, somehow, every time they get in the car, even though she's primary and both phones are showing, his phone matches first and it goes to his profile. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff I'm like, oh, my God, seriously. Like, this is the problem? Yeah. Turn off his Bluetooth. Well, I don't want to have to do it every time I get in. You know. <laughs> or, you know, the other thing we get a lot of is uh, Toyota has an app. And in the app, in the background, it's downloading software to your car. Would this be Intune? Yeah, it's not Intune. It's called the Toyota app, but it's ba- okay. it used to be called Intune, which okay. is dreadful. That had that had some of the lowest marks. The best the best indicator of how a manufacturer is doing with their infotainment system is if you look at the star rating on on Google on the Marketplace, <laughs> the App Store. <laughs> yeah, if Intune has one star and has one you know five thousand reviews, yeah. you know that generally people don't like it. But if you don't run this app, if, if, first off, when you buy a car, you need to sit down. You got to put in all the information, and then you got to put the serial number, and then Toyota knows who you are and the ownership of the car, so that we have the remote start and all these other features. Yeah. But a lot of customers do that, and then what do you do with a lot of apps on your phone when you're when you're not using the phone after a couple of days? You, you swipe them all off, turn them all off. Mm-hmm. Well, now for the next six months, you get in the car, and the car hasn't communicated with the mothership, and all of a sudden, Apple doesn't update. Oh, now we got sixteen point three or whatever, right. and all of a sudden. Doesn't catch your address book right. Doesn't do this. It blinks out. There's something wrong. And then I ask him, well, if you turned on, are you using the Toyota app? Well, I don't know. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, then the answer is no. And whatever you've used hasn't been updated in probably three and years. I, I tell you what, man, there's been two just in the last two weeks that uh, I got in the car. I made sure they turned on the app or the Toyota app. And then we sat down and uh, 
it downloaded something from the mothership of Toyota in Dallas, and they never had any more blinking radio problems or anything like that. I'm like, you've got to you got to have it on the background. It's going to ask you if you're okay with streaming data, data rate supply, blah blah. Yeah. And uh, but there's a reason they send those updates, you know, to keep ca- current. Yes, exactly. keep the functionality. Yeah. Well, technology is great. Um, and, and I do appreciate that, too, especially when you come into something. Like driving your 96 Celica here tonight. Mm-hmm. You don't have Bluetooth in that thing. I have a little Bluetooth 12-volt thing that broadcasts a 99.7, so it's, per- oh, it's a perfect. Oh, FM modulator? Yeah. Okay. It's even right. got a button I can go forward and backward on the track, so I know if I hate this song, boom. That's all the technology I need. That's it, right that's there. Actually, okay. That's pretty That's pretty clever. <laughs> But to the extent thirty dollars at Target, <laughs> you, you spend a couple bucks to do that, and at least bring it into the the mm. modern era. But the other stuff you don't really miss, do you? When you're in that, you know, I've thought about this about taking this car on a road trip. Yeah, I, I think this would be a great car. You know, if Angela and I wanted to just like take trip. a long weekend somewhere. Yes, yes, right? absolutely. Go to Kansas and City I, or go and, to and, I I've always used my phone for GPS. I, I just put a mount on my mirror and this and. So what do I need at that point? As long as I can stream my music, as crappy as the speakers are in a convertible Celica, that, that's my only concern. It gets the job done. Yeah. There's, I can't imagine driving that car in the snow. I can't imagine driving it on the highway fast in bad weather. Right. Versus the new stuff, right? Yeah. But but realistically, it's a, man, I don't know. You drive classic cars all the time, so you could probably answer that question better than anybody. I don't miss a lot, but then... Like, even taking the Solera, we took the Solera up to my folks a couple times. And this, the second time we did, we were coming back, and we were on 39 outside of Rockford. And, I, I don't know, there was, like, some semi-truck shenanigans or something. <laughs> and I remember Sarah looking at me, and she's like, you know what? After sitting in an SUVs for, you know, day-to-day and taking those on trips, she's like, I really like being up high, and I really like, like, all the safety stuff. And I kind of looked at her, and I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of scared right now. <laughs> we, I think we were like in between semis and everybody was just driving crazy. Yeah. And we're in this, you know, you're eye to eye with like their wheels. I'm like, okay, there is something to be said for like modern, safer, bigger crossover SUV yeah. truck type yeah. stuff. And that have all the, like the blind spot warning, all that of it. All the things that like the driving enthusiasts. Are Backup like, cameras are a joy at this point in my life. I amazing. tell you what. I backed this up the other day in the dealership. I'm like, oh, is there a car behind me? Oh, I got a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. No, you're not that bad. No. You're a good no. driver. Yeah, good yeah, driver. yeah, right, right, right. All right, so uh, shout out to Kyle for this next story. And it, it's really just going to be uh, an abbreviated story here. I don't know if you know this or not, Daryl, hmm. but uh, world-renowned composer Hans Zimmer is involved with BMW. Really? Yeah. Actually, if you go to if you if you Google it, you'll find out that supercar is it supercar Barbie? Is that her name? Blonde, uh, Blondie. Blondie. Supercar Blondie. Blondie. Yeah. Has a whole video on BMW's website dedicated to Hans Zimmer and Life Sounds. Hans Zimmer has been recruited by BMW to uh, design the soundscapes on their new EV range of cars. And if you Google this you will find all kinds of videos. It started back in 2022, and it's continued on their newest models, uh, like on the i7 and stuff like that. People are calling the sounds eerie. Hmm. I mean, I can think of Interstellar and that, you know, maybe they do it. That'd be awesome, I think. But it could also be, you know, it could be kind of weird stuff. I don't know if you know this or not, Daryl. Fun fact, 
What's that? Especially if you're playing trivia games there at home, folks. Hans Zimmer, do you know uh, one of the? Do you know the first song ever played on MTV? Was it "Video Killed the Radio Star"? Do you know the name of the band? The Buggles. Yes. Do you know who's in the Buggles? No. Hans Zimmer. Are you serious? Serious. How? How did I didn't know that? Yeah. There you go. Early eighties, right? Like eighty-one yep, ish. Yep. Video killed the radio star. Was he like the keyboard player? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I had to guess. I had no idea he was yeah. in that group. I did not either. But uh, huh. he's been around for a while. This dude's been uh, he's been uh, tickling the ivories, and uh, a little bit. Yeah. So there you go. That's your moment of Zimmer. <laughs> it should be a new segment. <laughs> he's done. I, I tell you what. He's done some great soundtracks. Things like Interstellar, uh, Rain Man, Days of Thunder. And, of course, my favorite movie, not your favorite movie, but Driving Miss Daisy. No, no way. He did that? Hmm? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Stuff. I'm going to take this one here. We're going to talk about this just a little bit. We alluded to it at the beginning of the show. The 2024 Land Cruiser uh, was introduced back on August 1st in Salt Lake City. They did it at the Toyota Heritage or Land, Cru- Land Cruiser Heritage Museum. It's... Uh, a pilgrimage site that I have not yet made, Daryl, mm. believe it or not. But um, legends never die, says Toyota. Toyota's off-road icon and longest-running nameplate is making a triumphant comeback in North America for the 2024 model year, Hey-o. returning to its rugged origin. Nice. So some of the bullet points from the uh, presentation were their longest-running nameplate returns to North America. Uh, the MSRP will be in the mid-$50,000 range. It's going to okay. be a durable off-roader. And more accessible with that price versus the uh, the previous generation. It's exclusively powered by an iForce Max turbocharged 2.4 liter four cylinder hybrid powertrain that produces 326 horsepower and 465 pounds of torque. That's a lot, and I think the EV aspect will be kind of fun for that. It'll have an available 12.3 inch touchscreen, which, as we just talked about in the last article, people off roading really could care less about. <laughs> It'll have Toyota's latest. Audio multimedia system and multi-terrain monitor. That could be kind of cool if it's if it's monitoring the tires and kind of showing you traction stuff like that. Cameras all over and stuff. Yeah. The first edition uh, grade will have five thousand units for North America that come equipped with round Heritage LED headlamps. I think they're calling that the nineteen fifty eight edition. It's going to have a roof rack, rock rails, and exclusive interior design. It's also going to have Toyota Safety Sense three standard on all models. The launch. I watched a little bit of it, and uh, a lot of us were scratching our heads when this thing came out because we're trying to figure out this thing's fifty-five grand because that's what it looks like. Yeah, it, and I watched a presenter walking around it. It looks like it's the same size as my Forerunner. We're all like, "What's going to happen to Forerunner?" It's almost like they—they they really did take a platform that's—I uh, think it's the same as the GX platform in, on the Lexus models, a Prado, and now they're making a Land Cruiser here. So, what happens to the Forerunner? The new mm-hmm. 4Runner that's supposed to come out in 2024 is supposed to be taken off of the Tacoma platform, which Tacomas are made in Austin. They're also made in Baja, Mexico. Okay. Those trucks are subject to the, the chicken tax we talked about earlier. They get 25% tariff. So ideally, a 4Runner, oh, it should come down 25% price, right? Probably not in this day and age. But if they make the if they make the 4Runner at the same factories in Baja and they make them in Austin, uh, Dallas, I'm sorry, Dallas' mothership. Where is uh, the 1794 ranch? I should know this. Anyway, yeah, it's somewhere in somewhere Texas. down in Texas where they built the, the Tundras and the Tacomas. 
uh, it would be very interesting to see what we get. Because uh, nobody really knows. I mean, we haven't actually seen a Tacoma in real life yet. So to build off of that platform, make a forerunner, what will that price range be? And how much different will it be from this truck? A lot, lot of cool stuff happening. The Toyota dealer meeting that the, the forts go to every year comes up here in another couple of weeks. And okay. they usually give like a, they show them the new cars coming out, get them all excited and stuff like that. So a sneak preview. I'll be interested to hear what Regan has to say about that and the forts have to say about it and stuff like that. At the end of the day, though, Tacoma and the existing Forerunner, they're kind of long in the tooth, right? It's an older platform. Well, when when is is it this year? Kind of like their final year. So the the, the current edition Forerunner that's out right now, it it's had the same four liter in it since twenty ten. Jake knows this. No, well, though no, that this this current fifth gen body style with the with a four liter, yeah, that body stayed the same. But that four liter has been around even further than that. The previous generation Forerunner had that four liter too, okay. and the previous Tacoma shared that four liter. It wasn't until this new one came out with a direct injection engine that they they changed that. So the Tacoma kind of took a different path here over the last what since twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. Mm. So it's been seven years they've been running that. And Toyota does that with their trucks. They go ten years in their trucks for yeah. the change in it. Sure. So, and realistically, it's still it's a proven platform, and the fact that people still buy them, and the the Forerunner is almost more popular, I think, than ever before. It has. It's been climbing up every year. So that speaks volumes as to like what consumers of that type of vehicle want. So I hope it's a good recipe. It's like they've had Toyota's had really good success. I I, I would love, and they will. They'll just build on it. Um, whereas the I, I I don't know. I'm kind of sentimental. I liked the older, big Land Cruiser. Yeah. You know that kind of the flagship, if you will. Yeah. So is there is there some concern that that might, if it's on a smaller platform or a little bit different, like that weakens that model? I don't know. At all it's, or no? it's it is interesting because it's anything that's new is going to be looked at with skepticism, and. I don't know. I heard some people right out the gate like, oh, it's like the Ford Bronco. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not like the Ford Bronco. I wish it had the removable top like the Ford Bronco. But that's the other part of this equation. It's like, when do we start seeing vehicles like that that are fun and a little different and yeah. outside the norm? It seems like this is also a deviation from the norm. It's like something that's fun. It's, it's kind of unique. It's special. I'll give Toyota credit for that. That yeah. doesn't happen very often with them. I mean, when they came out with the FJ Cruiser back in 2007, that seemed like fun, deviation. They sold a lot of them initially, and they kind of they kept falling down sales over the years because it wasn't super practical. This Land Cruiser is a four-door. It's a hybrid. You know, I, I think it'll be, it'll be fun. I'd be interested to see how many they bring in the United States. The, the one thing we were talking about this at work, and I'm, and I'm sorry, folks. You know what's our show? We went long last time. We're going to probably talk too much right now. That's fine. But... Think about when the Bronco came out. That was stolen market from Wrangler. You know, Ford basically yeah. said, "We're gonna, we're gonna basically, we're, we're gonna throw fifty thousand trucks out here." And by the way, we're gonna go walk over to the Jeep customers and we're gonna scoop up fifty thousand Jeep customers. Because what were those people gonna buy? Maybe they were gonna buy Rangers. Maybe they were gonna buy F one fifties. But they were probably gonna buy an SUV. Right. Might have bought, might have got some Forerunner customers. Definitely got some Wrangler customers. And that was just found customers. Just, hey, cheap people, guess what? Now you're back to Ford. And if Toyota were to do the same thing and, and be just a little aggressive with an open canopy, I think they would automatically do the same thing. They could just, they could just 
bear hug a bunch of customers that have been languishing, waiting for something like this, right? Absolutely. I mean, the Tacoma, the the Tundra, the Forerunner, they've been icons in off-road, camping, the whole lifestyle. You're selling the whole lifestyle with these cars, but they don't have open canopy. And Jeep people, better than anybody know, about a lifestyle choice with a vehicle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think the day will ever come? I don't know. <laughs> I but really you can, do. tell, can you tell I'm passionate about it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we keep. It seems like every fourth or fifth show we talk about it. But uh, realistically, if you're looking at things to get in into the market that consumers are hungry for, at least in North America, mm-hmm. I don't know about the rest of the world. That's that's where it's at. So hopefully, Toyota heard that and where it's at. They're just going to do it. Two turntables and a microphone. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you got this one here about the software, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Ford Motor Company. We talk about uh, our friends at Dearborn here. Uh, Ford Motor Company sees revenue from in-car software services, such as hands-free driving, surge by 1,000%. That's right, over the next few years. The Harness, the growth, automaker said this week that it hired Peter Stern, former vice president of services for Apple, to run a newly created technology-focused unit at Ford. Stern is tasked with growing Ford's Blue Cruise hands-free driving system, which you've seen in all the commercials lately. You've seen that? Did we, did, didn't they have some serious problems? Didn't we report on some Blue Cruise problems initially? Yeah, yeah, early on. But I, I keep seeing Lincoln. That seems to be the one they, the brand they focus that on. That's like a huge selling feature right now. Anyways, Blue Cruise uh, hands-free driving system, as well as developing other in-car services to sell to millions of owners. That's according to Bloomberg. <sighs> So what do you think about paying for subscription-based services in your car, Daryl? I'm kind of like seriously against it, but that's also the model that everybody's used to now, mm-hmm. just like the pay-as-you-go, mm-hmm. and I think it sucks. But at the end of the day, I also am just frightened. People can't drive now, <laughs> as it is, and just to just to sell that as, uh, hey, I can buy a new Lincoln Aviator or whatever it's called, or uh, Corsair and just drive hands-free, on, but only on the highway. I wouldn't definitely do it. Yeah. And there's probably ways to use probably certain speeds, use certain whatever. And I think every once in a while you still have to, like, put your hands on it to, like, yeah. verify you're still, like, a human being. But uh, I have a huge problem with how that's being sold. So I think uh, that's just one facet of the features. I know, like, we run into this where I work. Uh, remote start now. Even if you buy the car brand new today... If you don't opt in for the optional package, you don't get remote start. Yep. And you have to pay every month for it's it. It's an app, right? Yes. It's an app on your phone. Yes. Ford's done a lot of that. Well, and it doesn't matter if it's an app on your phone. The remotes have the capability, but you're literally making that feature live on the car by paying for the subscription. Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And and how soon do we just get to a point where, like, you know, do you have to do while you're driving on a road trip and you just want to zone out and do the hands-free thing? Mm-hmm. Does it just, on your infotainment screen, does it throw up a CAPTCHA? Prove, check the box. It says, I, yes, I am a human. And then it's like, by the way, you paid for that subscription to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> right. How many pictures, uh, which pictures show stop signs? And you have to, you know, select and do all that stuff just to, just to do the hands-free thing. Yeah. I don't know. Just, can we... Leave technology out of some of that. I don't know. I I, I do agree. I mean, hiring Apple to be involved with the uh, the whole situation just tells you where they're going with it. You'll have an you'll have an app for your phone that goes Definitely. right to your car, and, mm-hmm. and then you'll have somebody with a flip phone. Goes, I've had Fords my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, folks? 
If you don't have a, if you don't have a smartphone, you don't got remote start. Yeah, you can't <laughs> can't sync it up on your jitterbug flip phone. <laughs> All right, last story here, a little feel good story. NADA uh, National Urban League, uh, NADA and the National Urban League team up to train auto techs at the NADA show in Dallas this year. Damian Mills attended a presentation by the National Urban League on a new automotive technician training program. It was launching with the local car dealer association. Mills immediately decided to take part. The pioneering program in Louisiana brings together two organizations, the National Urban League and the National Automotive Dealer Association, and their diverse resources with the hope to establish a nationwide network of auto technician training apprenticeships. And that story's on Automotive News. We'll share that. I think it's subscription-based. So, um, There's a desperation, and, this, and I'm not saying desperation in, in, in regards to National Urban League, but there's definitely a concerted effort to find every nook and cranny that they've ignored maybe over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't find it disingenuous, but I, I think sometimes it's too little too late. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad they're trying to flip over stones to find more, you know, technicians, stuff like that. But this is kind of stuff that I, I was hoping that maybe years ago we'd be doing this stuff, right? Like it, it could have been in the works. Yeah. Or ideally should have been. Yeah. And the shortages, I mean, we talked a couple of shows back with uh, Regan about some of the challenges facing the industry as far as getting new techs trained and brought in, yeah. but also making it a lucrative job for those who are in that industry. Yeah. Uh, and talk about pay scale and how, you know, the, the compensation model, that still seems to be just one of those one of those discussions that's going to be ongoing for many years to come. And, and as tech evolves, the consumer model evolves, the product they're people are putting out their evolves, the type of people working in the industry is going to change too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see some of that, but also... Um, I think that uh, it's good the National Love Deal Association is getting involved. It has I, to. I mean, it, it does. I mean, this talk about self-preservation, but you're talking about a group that en- encompasses you know, all dealers. This is an interest to all dealers. You know, what... I don't want to sound like a really a big jack wagon here, but why do you pay dues? You know, why, why are you involved right. with organizations like this? This is where you use leverage. This is why we work together as a group to try and make things happen. Sure. So more of this stuff should happen. They can advocate in ways that you guys can at the yeah, local level. Exactly. It need, they have that platform, and people listen. Mm-hmm. Like we're listening to, you know, what they said here recently <laughs> at the show in Dallas. <laughs> did you go to the show in Dallas? No, I did not. Oh, man. All right. So, I tell you what, Daryl, we're going a little long. Do you want to hop to Cars of the Week? Yeah, let's just do it. Uh, tune in next time for A Moment of Musk and yeah. some of the other usual yeah, Listen, first suspects. off, it's X, you know, and he's uh, <laughs> he's not going to fight. And uh, read the, you know, I could, you want me to There's going to be no cage match? No, and Grimes wants to die on Mars. So, I read that. You know, you could listen to the pre-show for that. So, they're... There's just a lot of stupidity going on there with these guys, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it lie. If you haven't heard enough Elon Musk news in your life, you certainly don't have to listen to this show to hear more, right? Yeah, I guess we can take a little break. Yeah, we will. He'll be back. Yeah. Don't worry. Hey, this this show is from the garage tonight. This is like, uh, did Metallica have a garage? What was their album? Yeah, what was Garage the, Days? Garage so Days. This is going to be throwing wrenches at Garage Days. <laughs> <laughs> the underground garage. <laughs> Anyway, all right, Cars of the Week. Well, Cars of the Week, if you're not familiar, I've been a, I've been a little weak on my Cars of the Week lately. Nah. Uh, but Cars of the Week is where Daryl and I dream and we scheme. And we think about things that, you know, 
I don't know. Do you have enough cars? In your, I emptied a car out of my garage, so I possibly have more you know, space for something else, another project possibly. You did. You cleared so, some so space. So what I should do is probably cruise the internet. I should probably cruise all the sites. Uh, Facebook Marketplace seems to always be a winner. Auto Trader? Man. Car Gurus, that is the spot. I mean, if I'm going to find something sweet, like a Lotus, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I probably can't afford it. It's probably in Southern California, but I bought it in my mind, and that's more powerful than anything. That's Cars of the Week, folks. So what did we dream and scheme of this week? Mine's a secret pick. I haven't shown it to Daryl yet, so. Yeah. Do you want to start, or do you want to see? No, no, I, I think you should peel back the curtain. Peel back the curtain? Yeah. You know what? I was thinking the other day, Daryl. If I want to do the ultimate flex move, my son talks about flex moves all the time. Does he? He said, you know, the convertible top for the the, the meteor shower of the night was a flex move. Oh, yeah, that was it. The Persed per yeah, meteor yeah, shower, yeah. whatever. It was all about the Persed. So I was thinking the other day, if it's summertime, it's August, and the weather's nice, but it's a little bit hot, I was kayaking the other day, what could be a bigger flex move than pulling up maybe, maybe to Turkey Run? You know, everybody else getting their kayaks ready, getting their, their life vests on. And climbing into their their rental kayaks that maybe somebody spilled beer in, they're sticking to it. I'll pull up in my 1962 Amphibicar Beautiful. 770. Beautiful. Now, you may not be familiar with this car. I certainly wasn't. I certainly wasn't ready for the price tag on these little guys. There's several of them for sale. I found a couple on Hemmings, and uh, this one's a beautiful red. Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's setting up a, a pop-up. It's a beautiful red with white trim. White wall tires, conditions listed as mint. It's recently refurbished. It's ready to drive on land or water. This is the kind of car, Daryl. It's got a bow underneath it. Yeah. It just it just cuts through the water as you pull right in, and then you just hit the clutch, hit the propeller, and you just cruise through the river or the lake of your choice, and you flex on all those people stuck in those rental kayaks. <laughs> cool price is seventy five thousand. It was the cheapest one in Hemmings. Are you serious? Yes, I thought. I really thought that I could find one of these for like twenty grand. You know, I think you could buy a duck, one of those military ducks for oh, cheaper yeah. than this. Yeah, yeah, seventy five grand for the little amphibious. And then car. would you drive it in the water for seventy five grand? Mm, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Maybe if it was like Crystal Springs, like Zephyr Hills in Florida. Where you know there's no you know no impurities in the water, yeah, you can pull you can it back see the out. bottom. You're the one in, you're the one impurifying the water with your greasy axles going in. I'll tell you that surprises me what they go for because they're neat, but they're not that neat. But uh, you know what? If you did have one of those, yes, you couldn't take it down the Mackinac River. Where would you? Where, where would you take it? I don't know. Look at here's the so here's the other th- uh, couple that were on Hemmings. Holy cow! Yeah, nineteen. This is a sixty-two that I'm looking at. The seven seventy for seventy-five grand. There's a sixty-four for eighty-five grand. A, a sixty-five You're for one hundred nineteen, and a sixty-eight for ninety-nine. A hundred k for the little car that can turn into a boat and and all wow. these look like they've been restored. Obviously, the paint can't be that perfect from a sixties car like that. So these have all been restored heavily. And how solid do you think a 60s car that was a boat, <laughs> that could function as a boat, do you think that there's rust inside all those panels and stuff? Like, Oh, yeah. You'd have to have yeah. marine-grade epoxy <laughs> to seal that little car up. Wow. I mean, cute. Kind of has like a Volkswagen-y vibe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just think it'd be cool just go crashing down, down, you know, went down to the Illinois River. Of course... The, the propeller's probably so tiny that I can't keep up with the current in no. the Illinois River, right? 
there's like two knots on the open yeah. water. Yeah. Well, I'll see you guys down in Havana. Hopefully, I don't miss the ramp. <laughs> All day. Well, that's a good pick. I think if you had seventy-five grand, um, I don't know, you probably wouldn't spend it on that. But maybe you would. <laughs> maybe you would. I, I think know. I would. Honestly, I could. I I could see. There, there's certainly a wow factor. I've never seen one of those driving around. I think that'd be kind of cool to, you know, to show up to anything at. I think, and you guys can at home Google this. I think former President Lyndon Baines Johnson had one. Oh, I think he had one on his ranch in Texas, and he used to same thing, tool around and then just like drive into his lake and just you know putter. <laughs> and then while the, while the press stood there on the on the uh, lake, throwing questions <laughs> right. at him, and he just like can't hear you. Right. Or you just go duck hunting with it or something. I don't know. It just seems weird. That one's cool. The, the tan with the black top. Yeah, that it's got... Nice. Uh, some, I thought maybe for a second, since you said Lyndon Johnson, maybe this was like military or something. It's got some... Oh, there's like boat It's got numbers? some call letters on the side, yeah. Like the boat registration numbers, like a canoe or something. Yeah, right. Right on the fender. Yeah. Oh, so, that's cool. So, you know what? My car is super clean, Daryl, and my car is super cool. It goes in the water and out of the water does it uh, probably goes about 35 it probably handles the water as well as it handles the land guaranteed but, it but does. when i'm looking at what you got i don't even know if this thing can handle anything what is this <sighs> bucket of bolts you're looking at yeah, it's another project because uh, <laughs> even virtually if i was rich i'd still look for project crap um <laughs> this is something that caught my eye i was looking at packards the other night old packards on uh, ye oldie facebook marketplace uh, okay and this thing came up. It's in Urbana, Illinois, right near the University of Illinois. Nice. Illinois fans. Go Illini. Uh, it's a 1933 Packard Super 8 Club sedan. And it's a, it's a, it's a big sedan that is kind of like a formal, almost like a, yeah, I'd say like Hollywood royalty yeah. would probably have yeah. something like this back in the day. I think Gene Kelly pulled up in the singing the rain scene, you know, when he pulled up to the, the movie. Yeah. He probably hopped out of something like this. Beautiful car. It, it, at one point, I think it was kind of like a royal blue. It is now a, a royal rust with dust <laughs> on top of it. Uh, a lot of patina on the fenders. and But it's you can tell this thing is super, super elegant. Uh, the asking price is $18,000, and there is absolutely no description whatsoever. There's, I wonder. It's very thin. Yeah. There's, a, there's about 11 pictures on there, and, and they're pretty thorough. The interior is a mess. Uh, engine bay looks decent, S- straight inline eight cylinder, and then interesting thing, and I, f- I I wanted to point this out the the photograph of this car. Do you see the grill? How it's closed? I was looking at other stuff on that, but uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah tell the, me about that. By the way, in the background there's like six other old you know 30s cars sitting there in yes, various. But there's a basketball hoop on the wall, so it makes me think we could find the school these things are located at. Right. I think it's. Something- <laughs> That's the other part. I love when you look at Facebook Marketplace and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And you look, you're looking at the background of where these things are stored. Yeah. This is definitely a, some, some dude bought a school yes. and stored his junk there. Yes. And there's like a probably a, another Packard convertible behind it, which I really want to know about. But anyways, this thing is neat because Packard overbuilt their cars. And their inline eight-cylinder had like nine main bearings. It was a giant, I mean, just cast iron behemoth. But the interesting thing about this, super ornate, gorgeous cars, the grill, it's this beautiful like stainless steel grill or chrome plated grill. The slats close and when the thermostat of the engine opens up, 
and it starts reaching operating temperature, there's a mechanical linkage that opens the so louvers as, of those as grills. As the spring in the, in the device moves, it actually turns an arm. Yes. Op- oh, my God. And, and, and then it allows the, the cool air to circulate through the radiator and stuff. <laughs> so those are the things that, like, as a total nerd, you, you start to realize just how cool these cars are. Yeah. But then you realize eighteen grand for a basket case... The reason this car looks it the way it does is because it would cost, put another zero there, it would cost about $180,000 to restore something like that, too. Well, and, and, and so nice that's condition. even become, you're becoming a general contractor because you're doing the legwork to get all that stuff fixed. It's not like you pull that thing in your garage and you just start working on it. No. 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 You you're gotta, sending you everything. The resources. It's crazy. Oh, God. And then that's the type of car where, yeah, they only made 11 of this formal sedan. Yeah. And uh, there's one like it in Brazil, yeah. and a guy restored it and imported it. You know, like, you would have so much legwork just finding how like how to restore that car. Yeah, that so, sucks. Super cool. I would buy that and just, like, I don't know, put a clear coat on it and put it on a shelf somewhere and store it. So it, it is a giant classic car. And we were talking about, like, the... In the theme of luxury cars, like having a chauffeur and stuff like that. Sure. But in my mind, Packard doesn't resonate as like a Rolls or something like that. Or Duesenberg yeah. or something like so that. So does this car hold that kind of uh, status? I think it does. I think they were definitely uh, talking about, were we talking about East Coast, what's popular on the East Coast? Like with the, oh, Hill Climbs. We were talking yeah, about yeah. Model Ts and things. Packard was huge. Uh, East Coast country club crowd. Okay. A lot of uh, early industrial tycoons with money. That was the status symbol. I want a Packard. Because they were well-engineered. They were expensive. Everybody knew they were expensive. But they were also things that were like kind of serviceable and attainable with modest amounts of wealth. They weren't like a Duesenberg or a Rolls-Royce or a Bentley or a Pierce Arrow. But they were similar. The trouble is Packard catered to that group for so long and that group became, especially after the Depression, mm-hmm. was a smaller and smaller and smaller subset of the American population that, like, people didn't need to have a Packard to feel like they were fancy. They could buy a Lincoln or a Cadillac and be just as impressive yeah. without having to go above and beyond. So middle-of-the-road luxury kind of fell off. Exactly. Yeah. And they actually, yeah, it's exactly right. So by the mid-50s, when they were kind of folding, their cars got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to the point where, like, the average consumer was like, yeah, I, I well, and George, that. that George Barris episode we did that was kind of that was a, that was kind of the end of Packard, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think the final year for Packard was like '58, mm-hmm. and they merged with Studebaker. And, and he talked about how the cars just weren't that even that good, right? No. no, it's really sad. And 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 the unfortunate part is when you look at their heyday, mm-hmm. this is kind of around that time period. So it's really kind of a unique, special car. It deserves to be restored. I just don't think the, the amount of people who can afford to do it right, it's a small subset of the population today. And even if you did restore it, what would you do with it? It's still a high dollar, early 30s car. You can't take it on the highway. Yeah. You can't take it. You're not going to go good, like, to lose driving and get a burger with it. It's too nice. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. Just look at it. It's, it's yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, really, to think about it, you just, you, you talk about, like, the way this Cadillac behind me is. Not mothballed, but it's definitely in a preservation state. Yeah, it's still it's still attainable. That car's just gone too far. Yeah, it would take endless amounts of funding and resources yeah. to, to to bring it back. Now, 
if you were, let's just say your life work was, you know, messing around with old Packard and stuff like that, and sure. you had this guy's garage here. This is probably his idea too. Right. He probably has a lot of cars. Like, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll marry, I'll work things together. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll build one decent car, all these pieces. Mm-hmm. But you know, someday never comes, right? So now it's just sitting there. I know people in their eighties that are like, yeah, I'm gonna restore it one day. I'm like, I love you, buddy, but when, <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. when are you gonna do that? Yeah. So sad, so sad. It we'll is. put a picture of that on the website. Make sure you uh, check out thrownwrenches.com. And if there is a you know a Patreon donor that's interested <laughs> in starting a restoration fund uh, and a full time job for me to yeah. to shepherd that, I'd be happy to talk. But yeah, he'd be a hell of a guy to be fleet manager. I, I believe. I like acquisition. <laughs> well, everybody likes acquisition. It's maintaining. It's, yeah, likes. maintaining and execution. That's not my forte. <laughs> I just like getting projects. That's what I like doing. Yeah. Uh, you like the thrill of the chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Gabe likes is a chase. That's right. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Garage Days show here. It, uh, what are we, what's the name of the... What do we call this I, place? I don't have it. Do I have a name? You don't, you don't have a name for it? No. I should. You should, yeah. I should. Casa de Scott. It was well on Foursquare, or yeah, was it Foursquare? Yeah, yeah. Is that the old, it was Scott Shangri La for a oh, while. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so from Scott Shangri La, hope you enjoyed the episode here tonight. Uh, a little bit unusual, but a little bit fun as well. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, hopefully you enjoyed the pre-show as well. Thanks again for support. Thanks for your patience. Uh, we're climbing back in the saddle here, so make sure you shoot us a review. Make sure you shoot us an email. I, I mean, I don't know review. Just, just shoot us. Yeah, that'd Just be fun. Be. You know what? At this point, if you don't do a review, you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperate, folks. Desperate. In the meantime, we're at info at thronewrenches.com, and uh, I look forward to more of these more of these fireside chats. Yeah, and uh, make sure you check out Throwing Wrenches on Instagram or and uh, TikTok and Planet Stall as well for more fun car videos. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. See ya.